The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. Sitting on a million, sitting on it every day. Can't make no money giving your stuff away. Why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million too. Welcome to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. Here, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. We take the best interviews from the past week, and we give you a nice recap of some of the people we've talked to, some of the individuals who have stopped by the multimedia cafe and what a program we have in store for you today dale ranger an innovation project manager talks about some of the differences between the u.s and canada on a number of different things including the paradigm shift of how we drill and all the innovational impacts that have come from that you would not believe how many different industries the oil and gas industry impact i mean we're talking more than you could even imagine Stephen Robbins, Royal Creek Consulting, joins us a little bit later on in the program. He's expanding their operations into Pittsburgh, West Texas, all kinds of different places. They're hiring. Boy, they got a lot going on. They were just nominated for a finalist as the Consultancy of the Year Award. They got a lot happening, and uh, looks like they also believe they're going to be expanding into South Texas and the Eagle Ford by 2019. So a lot of growth happening with Stephen Robbins, Royal Creek Consulting. So we've got a pretty pretty fun Week in Review program here. We talk innovation and growth. Great program. I love that kind of stuff. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Multimedia Cafe. And we're going to take a quick pause, and when we come back, we're going to take Dale Ranger, Innovation Project Manager, right here on the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Back at the Multimedia Cafe, we can review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation. A place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we talk with Dale Ranger, Innovation Project Manager. 
Dale Ranger, Innovation Project Manager. Thank you for joining the program today. We're here to talk a little bit about innovation in the world of energy as we see it, but kind of a pre-conversation we were having. Uh, you mentioned that you're actually from Canada, so you from the British Columbia area, and you're down in Fort Worth, uh, Texas, but uh, give us a little bit of your background. Yeah, so I grew up in Canada. I grew up in British Columbia, a small town north of Vancouver, about three hours. Um, first in my family to be in the oil field. I just sort of graduated high school and, and needed to go out to make us some quick money. I wanted to become a helicopter pilot, so started on the rigs. I've worked all over Canada, worked all over all over the U.S., and actually wound up in Texas because I was working in um, Gabon, Africa, on a drilling rig and um, wanted to come back to North America and uh, Texas was where it was happening. So I landed a job here and the rest is history. Without getting too much detailed, I've, I've heard one of the biggest differences between the U.S. and Canada is, you know, the land and that sort of thing. Just it, how, how we approach the land in terms of whether it be agriculture, even oil and gas development. With your experiences, is there any difference with how maybe the country of Canada approaches land in any sort of way versus United States? Yeah, I think in, in Canada, you're dealing a lot more with um, the crown, crown's land. And so it's all government owned. And with that come. I was, I was going to say, and, th and that's what I've heard too, is the, is the term the crown's land. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all owned by the government. And so regulations are seem, seem to be a lot stricter. Um, that, that sort of thing. So down down here or in the U.S., you know, I've seen a lot of, obviously you can own your own land down here and, and owners own mineral rights. And so you're dealing more with landowners and, and mineral right owners as opposed to the government. Okay. So what's going on in the world of innovation these days in, in your eyes? You know, uh, the innovated, innovative energy industry is going a lot of different directions from drones to you know, the things two miles below the Earth's surface to different spherical fraxan size. So uh, what what type of innovation are you kicking around these days? That, it's interesting because uh, in my 20 years in, in the oil field, it's, there's been definitely a, par a paradigm shift in, in how we drill wells. I think that the, the world that I'm in is mostly in the drilling side of things. Um, and so you're having... Um, Downhole, downhole innovation has become become sort of the the phrase of today. Closing the communication loop between between the surface and downhole, to, to better to give you a better understanding of what exactly is, is going on um, in the well, so we can react more effectively and and produce produce better better wells, uh, quicker wells, more efficient wells. Um, so it's it's been pretty interesting. What types of things are you seeing for closing that communication gap? Well, rigs, rigs are coming a lot more automated. Um, the, the hardware and the software that's coming on the rigs are, are, are starting to get less less manual for for the, the employees that are actually working on the rigs. The driller is becoming more of kind of an observer as opposed to run, running a brake handle and, and turning, turning gears and turning valves and that sort of thing. So um, he's more of an advisor. Um, so the the computer is is making more decisions today than I think it ever has, um, and and the downhole equipment is telling you a lot more about what's going on downhole. The the it's it's very interesting as far as how many more wells we're putting on today, 
um, than we have, you know, in years past. Mr. Dale Ranger, hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick pause. We come back. We'll continue the conversation with Dale Ranger. He's an innovation project manager for the oil and gas industry. He also specializes in American and Canadian oil and gas development. So he kind of does an international thing. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Speece on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Speece, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Speece. Well, I was tears old when John Lennon died. Well, I was 23 when George said goodbye. Yeah, next go, I think it's Paul, I see. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we talk with Dale Ranger, Innovation Project Manager. And so, by nature, the longer you're on, a, the longer those services are on a well, the more money they make. Does that part does that part make sense? Yep. Yep. Okay. And then, and then, an operator, which which has which has leased and 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 renting this equipment on a day rate to drill the well for them, reaps all the benefit of the well and how much oil or gas the well produces. But when we go to these services and we go to these these vendors or these companies and say, you know, bring us your innovation, bring us, you know, bring us the shiny new toys, for lack of a better term, without getting into too much detail. Well, they have to go out and spend money to do that. They have to burn capital. There's a lot of money that goes into bringing the innovations to the drill site to drill to drill faster. But they're not reaping any benefits of that. The only person that reaps the benefits is the operator. Mm-hmm. Sure. The, the, they shorten our well durations. They don't reap any benefits. So why would they do it? And so that's that's definitely stifled innovation, I think, in the in the energy business. Have you seen any issue with uh, states, regulations, governments, those types of things stifling innovation or uh, 
becoming roadblocks or actually becoming a hurdle between operators and in, in innovative small companies, that sort of thing? I, I have it, to be honest. Um, and that's, to answer your question, no. Okay. I, but I'm not that involved in that. And at, at my level, that's, that's somebody that handles that much higher than me. They could probably speak to more intelligent than that, but uh, but no, I, I haven't seen anything. I, and I, well, from what I've heard, the, the Trump administration is making things easier. But that's as about as far as my knowledge will take me. Sure, yeah, and you're talking federal level. I was talking more state counties, that sort of thing. Because when you get down yeah. to it, um, the reason I bring it up is because a lot of what's going on right now, especially in the natural gas world is uh, these little science projects that they're trying to get their data confirmed and they're trying to get their economics in order, that sort of thing. So it's tough when you've, you're trying to convince, you know, these operators that here we're going to reduce flaring or we're going to, you know, make some gas right on site to reduce your diesel costs. And just a number, you know what I mean? A number of different, these, these uh, value-added projects. Um those are based on innovation, and those are exploding left and right. So kind of a very long-winded question to ask you. Are, are you following any of these um, natural gas or these on-site innovative projects that are happening? I call them science projects. Are, are you following any of those, whether it's converting, you know, natural gas to, you know, liquid natural gas on-site or, um, you know, with something like that, and are you following any of this new technology and that side of innovation? Yeah, I think I, I have a very limited knowledge of it, but I think that a lot of that is very dependent on where you are in the country and what and what play you're in, you know, um, and how and how the gas essentially is is coming out of the ground for for it to make sense. I think that when you look at areas like Marcellus, where the glass the gas comes out very clean and doesn't need much refining. Um, using using your well gas to support equipment on location or support the the flaring equipment, it makes much more sense. I think when when other areas um, where the gas doesn't come out as clean, it needs much more refining. It makes it the the numbers and the dollars um, are a little bit more challenging, as well as as well as road traffic. Um, you know, if you add trucks, more 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 trucks on the road, trucks coming into location. Um, than are currently already coming in, it's it's hard to justify um, doing that. So that's very limited knowledge, but that's kind of how how it's played out. What projects are you working on right now in the innovation world? Oh, there's we have um, uh, a, we have we have a lot of different projects we're working on. Um, basically, rig equipment, rig automation. Uh, how do we further automate the drilling process and how do we how do we close that that communication loop I spoke about earlier? Um, one of the things that that technology brings that I think has been overlooked is is it feels like to the the field staff that's out that's out on these locations is that technology is coming to replace their jobs. And I think that you know we've done a poor job of communicating that 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 really isn't the case. Um, jobs may be repurposed, but I don't think the the technology will re replace the jobs. And I th I think that as as rigs become more technologically advanced, um, you have to look at changing the experience for the people on location. Um, I think that you know, as as rigs themselves haven't changed in fifty years, 
I think neither has the accommodations and the experience of the people in the field. And so as the, as the demographic of um, rig hands change to suit the technological advancements on the rigs, we need to change the overall experience on location. You know, if somebody, if somebody coming out of university is going to pick an Apple, a Google, an Amazon as, as just an example, or come to a rig site for, for training or, or to progress their, 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 their degree, we have to change, you know, the, the feel and, and the experience on location. We can't stick them in a 1970s trailer that has an upgraded TV and an upgraded leather couch and, and call it good. So that's, that's stuff that we're looking into. Well, I think the important part of what you talked about, in my opinion, is something we've been mentioning on this show for years, which is the changing of the energy industry's jobs. And they're not going away. They're, they're being repurposed is a very good way to put it because, they, they're, first of all, they're not slinging chains anymore. I think most people are agreeing with the fact that the energy workers are not your old slinging chains roughnecks. Now, we've got a lot more engineers and there's a lot more technology involved. And I see the way of the two-year trades, whether it be the welders, the electricians, the pipe fitters, the artificial intelligence, and the sensories. Those are the trades that you're starting to see more and more. In the Bakken, for example, you know, they're hiring like 30,000, 40,000 people. Well, they've been hiring those people for a year or two years now. And the reason that they've been hiring that is because these are specialized jobs. So... These are new jobs to the marketplace. And either an old dog has got to go back and learn new tricks or, yeah, he'll go the way of the, news, of the television repairman. And that's just the way it is. That technology has changed so many jobs that some people do have to get recertified or get reeducated in certain areas because technology has made some of these jobs a lot more specific man I, I was surprised that just universities now the majors are getting even more specific so we're living in a pretty specialized world but just your comments on the change of those jobs those repurposing to where how, how do you see those jobs being repurposed i guess well i think it just goes back to reiterate what you just said the the dynamics the dynamics are changing and i think that you know they as 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 an energy industry, we're struggling to retain people as it is um, because of the downturn, and people go away and don't come back. And I think that you know we have we have sort of um, upgraded how we how we bring people to companies. The onboarding process has gotten a lot better for you know for safety purposes. But I think where we can where we can change is is training programs for um, repurposing these folks to tell them, hey. You know, don't worry, you're going to have a job, but here are some courses you're going to have to take um, because this is what we have in mind for based on based on your work history and your skill set. And I, I don't I don't think those those sorts of communications are, are happening. And I think people are just sort of out working and wondering sort of what tomorrow is going to bring. And so I think we need to start having those conversations with folks um, and and letting them know that, hey, you have a job here, but these are some of the things. I have to freshen up on, or these are some certificates or diplomas that you're going to have to get. Uh, here they are; they're scheduled for you. You know, do them on your days off, that sort of thing, so we can get you into into the next group of, of skill set. I like to oh, go ahead. I also, I also think that just again changing the experience level on location. You know, like I said, we, we're still sticking people in an upgraded 1970 mobile home on the side of location. 
And I think we have to change that. You know, I think that when you when you sit in conferences, these IADC conferences, and they, they talk about sort of office settings, the only thing you ever hear is office setting. How do we change our offices for the new generation? And I, I have yet to see um, somebody change the location experience for our field guys. And I think that we can we can connect um, C-suite to field level by by upgrading communications in these trailers. I think we can we can get people out of sharing bunk beds. And that was Dale Ranger, Innovation Project Manager. To listen to the full length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter, even the YouTubes. All of those social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media tab. This is the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. We're going to take a quick pause. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Stephen Robbins with Royal Creek Consulting. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. And I was two years old when John Lennon died. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we talk with Stephen Robbins with Royal Creek Consulting. Stephen Robbins, Royal Creek Consulting. Outstanding. Thank you for joining the program today. And uh, first of all, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Jason. It's a beautiful morning here in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia, and uh, we're just living the dream. Now, last time that we spoke, you were looking at maybe expanding a little bit, maybe taking on some new business type of things, so we thought we'd check in and see if you have any new hires that have happened. Absolutely, Jason. So we've uh, since we've last spoke, we have hired a new salesperson in the uh, West Texas region, and uh, we're very excited about this new hire and what they bring to the table. Um, and in addition to that, we're actually expanding in the uh, southwestern Pennsylvania region. Um, there around Pittsburgh, we're, we're actively looking for a new manager or salesperson there as well. So you're actively, you're, you're searching right now, you're in the midst of hiring, so to speak. Yes, sir. Oh, well, give yourself a plug. How can people uh, apply and, you know, kind of give the job description of what, what it is you're looking for? All right, perfect. Yeah, so we're looking for an experienced salesperson with management skills. 
uh, preferably sells within the oil and gas industry within the last two years or for a minimum of two years. And uh, you can reach me um, at my cell phone at 540-742-1291, or they can send their resume to me at srobbins at royalcreekconsulting.com, and uh, we'll be glad to review those and uh, get back to people. And where was that again? That'll be in the uh, Pittsburgh area, okay. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Kind of fun, huh, being able to um, have the social media and the you know radio waves and all these different things that um, can be done. In the old days, it used to be just a newspaper ad, and then it was online uh, resume sites. Now, boy, I tell you, it it's almost seems like uh, social media and LinkedIn and things like that are the places that people almost go to for jobs. Absolutely. Of course, That's you, got, right. you got job fairs, too, and everything along those lines. Man, I tell you, you got to go a lot of different avenues to try to uh, uh, engage with in, in a future prospective employees these days, huh? How long did it take yep. you guys to hire down in Texas, if I may ask? It took us uh, about six weeks. Okay. Um, from start to finish, it took us right around six weeks. Okay. Well, and then that was... Was that too too long a time, too quick? What was your thoughts on that timeline? That seems about just right to me. Yeah, so we had a lot of qualified candidates apply for the position, but uh, we wanted to take our time and vet each person and each candidate properly, and uh, that's what I think ultimately took us uh, the, the time. Um, and so uh, we probably could have hired a lot sooner, but we wanted to make sure we found the, the best candidate for the position. And now, are you still going out to the Permian and, and traveling around, or are you going to focus a little bit more on some other shale plays? Or talk to me about how your role is going to uh, um, kind of sh- play in this company a little bit more. Because, um, you know, now that you're doing new hires, of course, that means that frees up time to do some of that stuff that nobody likes to do. <laughs> Absolutely. So for now, we're going to stay the course. And as as we see things developing, I'll throttle back on my side and uh, apply my time into other areas of our business and uh, of interest. And uh, but right now, we're going to stay the course. How about any of the other areas that you guys have going on? I know we've talked about some rental fleets in the past, some things like that. Uh, any expansion around there? Yeah, so that's what we're ultimately excited about right now. Is uh, we have our 10K cyclonic sand separators and business has been very phenomenal we've been blessed uh beyond measure and uh that's nothing short of the grace of god there and uh we're very excited about our rental fleet because we're we're getting ready to expand into a new product line that uh no one has on the market and we've done a lot of r&d we spent the last about five and a half months in r&d on it and uh we've done some beta testing so to speak and we've had a lot of good feedback from customers, um, our current customers who need this product as well as potential customers. So I would like to see this product hit by the end of Q2, beginning of Q3. And if it does, it'll be a game changer. And describe that product a little bit. You said a sand separator. So our current uh, product line are sand separators. So uh, we use those on the flowback and well testing uh, side of uh well servicing but these uh our new products are uh applied more in completions okay that sounds pretty exciting are you guys uh imagine you got some big stuff's planned for those 
Oh, yes, sir. All right. Uh, are you making it to any trade shows these days? Uh, <clears throat> I haven't been to a trade show lately. Uh, the latest show that we were at was two weeks ago in Pittsburgh <laughs> at the Northeast yeah. Oil and Gas Awards. Yeah, it was t- two weeks ago, but, you know, it's been a while. And in the oil and gas b- business these days, it seems like there's a trade show every day. So that was why it was kind of comical for me. Hey, weren't you guys up for an award? Yeah, we were finalists for Consultancy of the Year, and uh, we had some pretty stiff competition, and we were very humbled and blessed to even be considered one of the finalists of the three. So uh, uh, it was uh, for our first time ever being in an award show, it was pretty amazing and uh, very exciting. First time in an award show, huh? And, and what award show was this? It was the 2019 northeast oil and gas awards okay. northeast oil and gas awards that's going to make you guys feel pretty good as a company first year getting some validation like that you now, now you didn't win it you were a finalist and so right is it did i hear you right that is correct okay well e- either either way i mean it's kind of like you know just you can't win the title the first time i guess you know it's just nice to be invited to the title match so uh, I imagine your your wife's got to be happy about that too, because I know she's she's involved pretty heavily in these companies. She, she is. Uh, it was a it was a great opportunity for her and I to associate and uh, network with uh, fellow colleagues. Um, that typically doesn't get to happen a lot. We are always on separate ends of the uh, country, it seems, when it comes to networking events, and so. Um, it was great to finally prove to people that I have a hot wife. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well said. Well said. Uh, what are you hearing from uh, some of your customers working in the industry these days? I like to get the boots on the ground uh, kind of vibe and feel and that sort of thing. And um, some of the chatter that's going on. I know a lot of people that work in offices, they love to hear what some of the guys in the rigs are saying and and vice versa the guys in the rigs they want to hear what's going on in the offices and um that sort of thing so i mean you you're kind of doing both you know you're out there and boots on the ground but also you're back at the office too so uh just in your world you know what are you hearing as far as you know oil prices 2019 you know uh, like for example the thing i'm hearing mostly is the uh environmental cleanup game is turning into a Hatfield and McCoy's type uh, internal competitiveness. It's becoming very competitive. Let's put it that way. So, you know, every, as everybody sharpens their, their, um, their, their pricing, I remember the frac sand industry, you remember two years ago went through that where it seemed like the uh, oil companies were really kind of using that industry as a way to save, save a few bucks. So um, yeah. anyway, I, I kind of just gave that as an example of a few past things that have happened, but just what are you hearing kind of um, just, you know, scuttlebutt and, and uh, chatter that's happening out in your world? So it's, uh, it's pretty consistent across the board through all the different shell plays that we're in. And uh, um, companies right now are a little more of a holding pa- pattern than they are a growing pattern just waiting on to see what this oil price is going to do. I know it hit above 60 the other day, then it was back below $60 a barrel. So um, I've seen some rigs get laid down. I've seen some rigs get picked up by different operators. So, Mr. Stephen Robbins with Royal Creek Consulting, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick pause. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Stephen Robbins with Royal Creek Consulting. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Multimedia Cafe. We can review... Fill me up, step on the pedal and I'll rev me 
Today's music is performed by Tom Pexcamp, singer-songwriter extraordinaire. If you'd like to know more information about Tom Pexcamp, the singer-songwriter, freerockandroll.com. That's freerockandroll.com. Or go to The Crude Life and click on the Musicians tab. Tom Pexcamp. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. So here's to all of the good thinkers, and here's to the lonely drinker. But don't you know, let this moment pass. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Stephen Robbins with Royal Creek Consulting. That way, so you know, as everybody sharpens their their um, their their pricing. I remember the frac sand industry. You remember two years ago went through that, where it seemed like the oil companies were really kind of using that industry as a way to save save a few bucks. So um, yeah. Anyway, I, I kind of just gave that as an example of a few past things that have happened. But just what are you hearing? Kind of um, just you know, scuttlebutt and, and uh, chatter that's happening out in your world. So it's uh, it's pretty consistent across the board through all the different shell plays that we're in. And uh, um, companies right now are a little more of a holding pa- pattern than they are a growing pattern, just waiting on to see what this oil price is going to do. I know it hit above 60 the other day, then it was back below $60 a barrel. So, um I've seen some rigs get laid down. I've seen some rigs get picked up by different operators. So um, I think across the board, Q1, we're going to see a holding pattern. And uh, I'm optimistic that Q2, Q3 is going to be better than they were last year. I know that's what a lot of the experts predicted last year as well. You know, the first first quarters, you're not going to see as much. But then second and third, you're going to see it kind of take off a little bit. So uh, it's it's. Fun, fun to see because it's happening like they said, and they're not always right, of course, but it's kind of fun to see when they, they, they do get a few right. So um, yep. interesting. To, I'm, I'm kind of seeing the same thing. There's a lot of, a lot of optimism, a lot of this and a lot of that, but it's, um, you're seeing increases happen in drilling. So you're not seeing decreases, and that's a good thing. You know, that's a good thing that um, the optimism is there for a reason. It's not just kind of, 
you know, hope <laughs> it's more, rea- it's more reality. So, but it's not, it's not how, ha- you know, it's not the boom days of the old, the, the, whatever. It's just, there's business out there and you just got to go and, you know, make a better steak sandwich at the end of the day. That is correct. So what do you guys got going next? Now you got expansion, you got hires and uh, just kind of, um, you know, we'll kind of wrap up and summarize a little bit. So uh, what's next for you guys? And uh, talk to me a little bit about what you want to leave with uh, today. People knowing. Well, um, to summarize, we, we have grown in West Texas. We've grown a lot in Southwestern Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Ohio, and, uh, Next on the agenda is to actually tackle South Texas there in the Eagleford. And uh, that'll be a Q2. Probably end of Q2 is what we're looking at um, agenda. And so once we firm up West Texas with our new hires, and then same with uh, Pennsylvania, that's where our next show play that we're headed after is the Eagleford there in South Texas. And uh, we've got a quite a few customers identified that we're currently working with in other show plays that have asked us to to come and so anytime you get invited into a new show play is a lot better than just blindly going so we're uh we're looking forward to that as well and before we go uh, i'd be remiss if i didn't ask you about your your moonlighting days your other company that um you and your wife also do kind of on the side. So I, I like to give you guys a plug for that as long as I got you on the phone. How's, how's the um, second income and the, and the jobs and, and that sort of the moonlighting going? You guys still doing that other side thing? Yeah, yeah. So that is our rental company. And so uh, it's, uh, it's growing. Um, we've got a lot of great customers that we're working with. And uh, we're very blessed to have them. And we're expanding that, our product line there. And it's going to be it's going to be great when our new products hit the market here, hopefully by the end of Q2, but it, it may be Q3 as well. And uh, um, I think a, a lot of customers are going to be happy. They're going to see that they're going to have a, a cost reduction on their completions and uh, be very satisfied. All right. Stephen Robbins, Royal Creek Consulting is our guest. He's kind of our boots on the ground uh, out there. He's talking to quite a few people that are not only working the day-to-day jobs that are out in the rigs and the wells, but also up in the offices. So um, go ahead and give yourself a, kind of some information, contact information in case anybody wants to get in touch with you and, and that sort of thing, that if they want to utilize your services or just find out what the heck is going on in Shale Play USA. So go ahead and uh, give out your information. Absolutely. So we can be reached on LinkedIn. We have a company profile there, Royal Creek Consulting, or you can reach myself, uh, Stephen Robbins or April Robbins on LinkedIn. We also have a Facebook presence as well, but um, if you prefer a more direct form of contact, you may uh, call me on my cell phone at 540-742-1291. And our email, we can be reached at srobbins at royalcreekconsulting.com. And that was Stephen Robbins with Royal Creek Consulting. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, 
YouTubes. All of those social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com, and click on the social media tab. You add up all those pages, we have 350,000 social media followers. 350,000, that's pretty good, man. That is a good number of social media followers. Like I said earlier, that's more than MSNBC. Of course, that's not saying a lot. So we would love it if you folks would join us. Be part of the ever-growing army of social media followers we have here at the Multimedia Cafe. we got to come up with some kind of word for them, like Multimedia Cafeites or Cafeaholics. There we go, the Multimedia Cafeaholics. That's what we want you to... Is that taken? Okay, wait, I forgot. We're not supposed to be like that on the weekend show, just on the daily show. No personality on the weekend show, just get to the interviews, do a little review. Well, I say no to that. I'm going to have a little fun here as I close out because I got 30 seconds. That's why. That's right, folks. We'll get a little inside baseball here as we wind down the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. I'm your host, and I'd like to thank you folks for joining us this week on the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. We'll be back at this same time on this very station. If you'd like to check out the daily Multimedia Cafe, go to thecrudelife.com to stay up to date for the latest and greatest. We also have a newsletter, and like I mentioned earlier, the social media links. You can get more than enough content and Multimedia Cafe content, as well as probably even a couple other pieces of content here and there as well. We just kind of keep things active. We keep things percolating. But... It's always 100% original, probably 99% original because, you know, I guess we do um, take some photos from press releases and things like that from time to time. But generally speaking, most of the content, in fact, all the interviews we do are 100% um, authentic, not authentic, but original. I just, you know, authentic. That's we'll, we'll go with that. All right. Time's up from the staff of the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. You want someone who's competent. You don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 